Welcome back to Science Fiction. I'm Salim Sudarwala, and always I'm joined by Carl Eames. Carl, how's it going? Good. I, I see we uh, got the memo today to wear Spider-Man related uh, I did. I'm, I always like to wear my Spider-Man related shirts whenever I can. So you, you, you just you just decided to keep up with me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm sure you have way more than I do. I do. I have so many Spider-Man related shirts that I've lost count. <laughs> every time every time I go to like a, a Kohl's or a Target, uh hey there Cliff, how's it going, man? Thanks again uh for hopping on with us. Um yeah, anytime I go to like a Kohl's or a Target, I beeline to the t shirt area just to see if they have any cool sh- uh comic book shirts. And then I usually end up getting at least one Spider Man shirt. Which probably isn't a smart idea. I'm gonna run out of space for shirts i'm gonna have just like a house full of uh spider-man t-shirts at some point <laughs> who knows these don't last too long so probably yeah, not a bad that. investment it's probably not a bad investment to not investment but just for myself to that way i don't run out of spider-man related uh attire uh, yeah, you, sh- yeah. You, should do, you should do like i do when i buy shirts i always um, like if I, uh, I most recently bought about five or six shirts a couple months ago, so I have my rotation of shirts here, and then I take out the same amount of shirts that I just bought, and then rotate those into be like pajama shirts to uh, wear around the house or workout shirts or something like that. And then I take some of those old workout shirts, and then I demote them. I either donate them to like uh, goodwill or to my nephews or they'll be like really rag towels or i'll just toss them in the trash because they're by that point they're all faded away and all ripped up and stuff like this this shirt's like pretty much i should have gotten rid of it a long time ago because it's all cracked up and stuff but it's kind of hard to replace this one and i really like this one because it's from the game excuse me the game Uh, so i have a hard time letting it go I have uh I have one of those um the dry fit Spider-Man shirts that I ha- I still have. Um I really like it. Like it's it's just one of those like 
you can kind of wear in the summer when it's it's like super thin. You can wear like it's you know around the house just when you're really warm and you don't want to wear anything too heavy. It's it's a nice shirt. I like it. But yeah, uh, anything else new with you? Anything going great? Um, just trying to finish up some of these figures. I just finished up uh, a couple, one today and one yesterday. And uh, other than that, I think I'm taking my my official break very soon from painting and doing all this stuff. Um, other than that, ready to work like pretty much for the next week, one week straight. And uh, yeah, just do, doing some other stuff. Nice, nice. I you know, random thing. Uh, um regarding movies I, I decided to try to watch a wrinkle in time because i never watch it. it's on disney plus okay um, it's not it's not a disney plus movie but like it's disney so it's on disney plus and i i i turned it off after like a half hour into it it was just so bad and cringy really like, God, yeah i just uh, this isn't for me i like this is just really really bad i, I can't watch this anymore <laughs> it, was, it was just like it was just such a goofy movie i was like yeah i think i'm done <laughs> and i rarely turn off movies like i sat through morbius <laughs> like, uh, so i mean it was just really super weird and cringy i was like what what's going on here what, what is this movie like why why is this happening <laughs> so um yeah i ended up turning it off um but speaking of sci-fi movies or uh those type of movies in general we did we both watched Multiverse of Madness. Um, I liked it. I haven't actually asked you about it. I never texted you. I don't know if you liked it, but we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, so we're, we're just going to focus on that. We don't have any fast flicks or anything like that. We just want to talk all Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange, and all that jazz. But first, we are going to play the final uh, Doctor Strange trailer. Uh, just in case if anyone hasn't missed it, so you get a little bit more context for the movie. Um, and and just to let you know, we are going to give spoilers for the movie, yeah. so um, don't want anyone, if, if you haven't seen it yet, I would recommend you not listening to us, or if you don't care about spoilers, keep listening and watching. But yeah, here's the trailer. I'm sorry, Stephen. Your reckoning is long overdue. I hope you understand. The greatest threat to our universe is you. The Illuminati will see you now. I could use an Avenger. There are other Avengers. Come on. Every night, I dream the same dream. And then, the nightmare begins. You cannot control everything, Strange. You opened the doorway between universes. And we don't know who or what will walk through it. Wanda. The multiverse is life or death. We will see what kind of Doctor Strange you are. 
ever know that you to this moment I don't even want to know this is going to be fun I always suspected this day would come because you always suspected this day would come this, this is the only way Ready. You break the rules. Become a hero. I do it. I become the enemy. It doesn't seem fair. We should tell him the truth. I did what I had to do. something you're wondering what happens now Alrighty, that was the final trailer. I didn't know what was going on. There. I was like, did somebody take over our show? What's going on? No. Um, <laughs> that trailer you know, was like the whole movie. I'm I'm really glad I didn't was. watch it before the, yeah, the movie came I, out. I, I I did not watch that final trailer. Um it it's uh yeah, I definitely because I heard that there's a lot of like stuff in that trailer. It's like I don't know why they would release that. Like it's so stupid. Why would they release a trailer like that? Like you're ruining mm-hmm. the movie. Um <laughs> But you know the first just thinking of watching this trailer right now again, and the first thing I'm gonna do when I get a chance to watch the movie uh, again, like on, at home, I'm gonna pause every split second when they're going through the different dimensions because the universes just to just to, to see if there's anything you miss, like a character or like a random thing. So what did you think you saw based if from what you remember? I it's hard. It was so quick. Like I obviously like the one thing we remember is this I think everyone pretty much thinks that's the Savage Land. Um which it could be. It, it might not be just but it's cool. Yeah. But yeah, it was so hard. Like it was just so hard to notice like anything just things were going so fast. Like that was even faster than like the the multiverse splitting um, in in No Way Home because uh, you could at least make out some silhouettes, but it was hard to see in this because they're just so quick that they're running through it. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna wanna pause every one just to see if we can if there's anything in there that we're missing. Um, yeah, there was yeah. at least the animated one. This right. the animated universe. There was one where they were like liquid or paint or whatever. Yeah, paint. That was um, cool. That was, that was uh, like the dinosaurs of Savage Land or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one that was like really high tech futuristic with a lot of people believing that is like possibly Nueva York, like Spider Man 2099. Oh, okay. like some people are saying that. 
And I'm not saying I agree or anything, just, you know, again, just a split second. Um, there was, uh, what was the other one? Uh, those are those are the ones that stick out to me in the very least. Obviously, the animated one um, is interesting in the paint. Um, I think there was another one that was like kind of high tech New York, but I like super advanced because there was like a bunch of tubes and stuff. Um, but other than that, those those are the ones I, that stick out to me. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like I remember those things. I just meant more so like actually like seeing that there's any other like character that. Yeah, supposed to be in there. That's what more so I meant. Um, but yeah, let's get into our thoughts on the movie before we talk about like various Easter eggs and just general uh, little things that we liked throughout the movie. So first, first, I'll let you go first. Uh, what were your thoughts on the movie um, overall, and like what did you think of everything as far as the directing, the the cast, uh, performances, uh, all that stuff. Um, one, I absolutely love this movie. Um, and it was a lot mostly on like, let's say the factors of Sam Raimi. Uh, this is like the most Sam Raimi movie that I've seen personally. Now I don't have like a whole lot of experience with Sam Raimi, but I do like for anyone like is just watching superhero movie stuff and you forgot he directed Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire Spider-Man right. 2 and Spider-Man 3. Uh, and that was the last time he really worked within the comic book uh, realm there. And there's definitely Sam Raimi touches in those movies. Uh, as far as his art style, his art direction, his his camera directions and stuff like that. And just like the way he films movies, it's in there. But you can only do so much with Spider-Man. And especially back then, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity for him to really flex and, and flesh out his own uh, creative techniques and, and art direction with those Spider-Man movies. It's like a little bit with Green Goblin and a little bit with Doc Ock, like a little bit more like Doc Ock's origin. When you see all the the, the stuff like uh, the arms going crazy uh, and the glass breaking and uh, going towards his wife and stuff like that. Those are all like very Sam Raimi like things in the in the Spider-Man Two, but for the rest of the movie, there's really not a whole lot of Sam Raimi as compared to like say watching Evil Dead or Army of Darkness Ooh. or any of those other movies. This Multiverse of Madness is like so strongly like it's like uh kim vice said sam do whatever you want and go crazy you just can't make it you know rated r and you know make it pg-13 and i know you can do that and do whatever you want and you just let them go and there was so many great camera so, so many great camera angles uh like that picture that we just had up like it's just it's not you know perfectly framed it's just like a little bit to the side and that's just part of like what he does with the camera and introducing shots and, and introducing moments it's like partly the emotion the 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 shock of this moment like it's it's storytelling with the camera and not just with the actors so there's a lot of that in this movie and i absolutely loved every single uh shot like that every single uh like little scare or whatever because the movie is not scary like it's not a scary movie but it is a horror movie and it, 
I know they were like billing it as the first horror movie within the MCU. And I think it lives up to that, but it's just not a scary movie. And I'm totally fine with that um, in, in any kind of way. But um absolutely loved it. I think uh, Scarlet Witch. Uh, Maybe more of like a thriller. Yeah, something like that. That's that's fine. Yeah, I think um, Elizabeth Olsen knocked it out of the park. I thought she was outstanding. I thought um, Benedict Cumberbatch was fantastic as well. Um, A lot of great visual effects and uh, some pretty good fight scenes as well. Um, There's a whole lot to discuss. Um, (laughs) So many shots that you needed a lot for discussion. Yeah, it's just so many things that can be analyzed about particular moments particular uh, camera shots uh in this movie that i can just gush over and uh, uh i'll get into my gripes a little bit later because i do have it i don't think it's a perfect movie by any stretch uh, i don't think it was uh, i wouldn't say it's definitely not one of the best marvel movies but for me personally my favorite marvel movie is uh, black panther which I also don't say is the best Marvel movie. It's just my favorite one. I walked out of the theater contemplating whether or not I want this to be my new favorite one because I absolutely love, like I said, I love so many of the the shots. I love so many of the moments with Wanda. I love uh, so much with with Strange and then the multiverse, Illuminati, um, and so on. So it's, it's getting up there, and I definitely can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with you. Everything you said, you know, I, I was mostly like my biggest thing was confusion on why people like disliked it so much. There was a lot of people, like critics especially, like you know, um, and not to say like on Rotten Tomatoes it got like I think like a seventy nine percent, which obviously isn't bad necessarily, but you would think it would be higher because like this movie was I thought it was pretty well done. Um, I know they shortened it. Uh, not too long ago, and maybe I think maybe some people's gripe was that it was too short uh, because it didn't leave opportunity to flush out some points. Maybe I don't know. Um, but like for me, like, yeah, like everything, like the acting, like as far as um, the chemistry between the cast, like right away, it's 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 interesting. Like, you know, you see America Chavez and uh, Stephen Strange meet, and they click like in a sense right away that chemistry between them as two leading uh people in the movie is there right away on, on screen and then going into more of the storyline you know it's like it's it's the storyline just right away takes off and it's just constant going things that are happening um the visuals like you said were fantastic i mean i think like i said sam raimi you could definitely tell this is a sam raimi movie we're gonna get into a more example of that later in in the show uh, when we talk about some of his past movies, but yeah, like I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I don't, I couldn't think of too many like issues with it per se. Um, but for me, like I said, I, I like I said, I really enjoyed it, and like I really, I was surprised at how dark it was. Like I know Sam Raimi has that in his in his repertoire, like as a director, but. It is still MCU, and and when I think about it, though, now the Phase Four is kind of getting darker. Like they're they're doing more and more dark stuff. Like obviously, no, uh, no way home is a pretty, ended pretty dark. Um, we're seeing every if anyone's watching Moon Knight, that's a fairly dark series. Uh, like I mean, not super dark, but like it's dark in a sense of 
getting into certain aspects of uh, the things that they're doing in that show is dark. And then obviously this movie is, again, dark. And obviously they're going to be doing more things later on in, in phase four that are going to continuously go in that route. So, yeah, that was interesting to me as well as far as uh, that aspect. Um, yeah, it's definitely uh, the most violent MCU movie to date. Um, right, right. Given what we just got out of Moon Knight, which I was actually expecting more out of that and, and that department with Moon Knight, which we'll probably talk about next week. But um, this movie, absolutely. I mean, it's just a couple of scenes. It's not like the entire movie is super violent, but what they did is pretty violent. No, exactly. And I mean, they 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 kind of teetered around that rated R. Like, I mean, just because, like they just kept it a certain stuff out that would push it to the rated R right. uh, rating because like obviously a certain level of gore um they didn't allow um but yeah like I said you know it, it gets it, it was it was like pleasantly like dark that darker than I expected it to be uh that and that's probably, probably one of my favorite parts of the movie because again they're doing something different than what they've normally done in the MCU, uh, the MCU has been generally pretty light, uh, family friendly for the most part. Even the PG 13 movies are PG 13, mostly just because of like the action and violence, not any gore or, um, or any like you know, um, at like stuff like that could like scare you in a like a scare a kid at least. Like, right, if you you could generally take, uh, you can generally take like you know, like an eight, seven year old to. Uh, MCU movie and be fine, but this one might be depending on the kid. Uh, maybe you don't want to take him because he could maybe have nightmares uh, on certain on certain um, pictures and scenes and things like that. So yeah, I, I really liked it uh, overall. But uh, as we're getting more into the movie itself, now we're talking about we're going to be talking about Easter eggs. So again, we are going to be giving away spoilers. Uh, we're going to be talking about certain points of the. Uh, movies uh, that we liked and Easter eggs that stuck out to us. So just again, want to let anyone know that is continuing to listen that it hasn't watched the movie. You might want to turn it off, uh, turn us off. I mean, we don't you want you to turn later. us come back later. Uh, and like I said, we don't want you to just, just leave us and never come back. But I uh, just want to warn you uh, because we don't want to be mean and uh, give away uh, spoilers on a movie that you're definitely going to be watching. But so for the first one, like I liked, um, they mentioned uh, the Baxter Foundation, and that's when they get to the uh, the the other uh, universe. The eight, I forget, was it eight one? Eight three eight. Eight three eight. Eight three eight. Uh, they get to there, and and Christine is a scientist working at the Baxter Foundation. Uh, so basically, the Baxter Foundation in the comics is the institute founded by Franklin Storm. Uh, that is Sue Storm's father, and Sue Storm is uh, is one of the Fantastic Four, uh, the Invisible Woman, and and she's and it's located in in the comics. It's located in Manhattan, New York. So when like Franklin Storm and and Sue Storm they meet. Reed Richards and Ben Grimes uh, at like a function or a science fair, they end up offering him like an opportunity to join the research team. And essentially that's where a lot of top notch science scientists and research scientists work uh, at that foundation. 
Um, and the reason that like the Baxter Foundation that kind of really clicked with me, I, I kind of linked it to uh, previous stuff that's happened in the movies. Um, in in Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, they mentioned obviously Tony has sold the Avengers, Avengers Tower. I think in Hawkeye, they tease about somebody, possibly a new owner at Avengers Tower. Um, and I'm actually speculating, could the Avengers Tower turn into the Baxter building uh, for the Fantastic Four? That's just something I've been thinking. There's various different things that the Avengers Towers could turn into. Um, I know the uh, other one was people thinking that uh, Kingpin purchases it to make his, his headquarters uh, because he also has like a big tower um, in New York City. But that's one thing that like just struck with me that, hey, that could be a good place for the Fantastic Four uh, to have their, uh, to, for the Baxter building to be there. And that's where the Fantastic Four can have their main base of operation. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it would be cool, but at the same time, um, this, like the mention of the Bastard Foundation, um, we already know the Fantastic Four exists, but all of that is in the other reality, you know, the 838. So it doesn't necessarily reflect on what's happening. So again, uh, like before we even go any further, so we have to kind of uh, set like a, like a, understanding that we might go back and forth talking about realities because that's what this is you know, multiverse and stuff so the 838 is the designation you know because all of different realities within marvel has a designated number so the main one that we all remember from all of these movies and all of the stuff that we typically normally enjoy is the 616 kind of maybe? Yeah, um, it is. No, it we'll, is. We'll, and we'll, that... we'll get back to that. I'm going to get back to that in a second. But for the other one that where this other reality where the Illuminati show up is designated as 838. Um, so that's what we're talking about with the Baxter Foundation because none of this has come up in the regular Marvel Universe yet. So we don't know if it is, you know, the, the Avengers Tower has been sold to the Baxter Foundation or if it's, like you said, Kingpin or anything like that. So that what's happening in that reality doesn't necessarily reflect in the regular main one. Um, but uh, the other reality is 838. So uh, I do have an issue with the 616 being the main universe with uh, Marvel movies. Because, yeah, because yes, they said it in the movie, but at the same time, the Marvel movies already had a designation before this movie, and the six one six designation is specifically supposed to be for the comic book main universe. Right. Right. So it could be an error that they decided to use that, or they decided to use it to make it a little bit easier. Because I believe the movie designation is something is like one nine 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 something like it's like really long. So for them to actually say that in the movie, they would be one self-aware, uh, two, it would be really long of a number uh, to say. So it would probably be hard for people to remember. And uh, in general, 
calling it 616 is just a lot easier because people are familiar with the comic book 616. So it, it could be like one of those factors. So I, I don't, you know, for now I'm fine with just calling it the 616 just because they said it in the movie, but I would love for there to be like a clarification from Kevin Fahey or somebody else saying that was an error or yes, we're going with this because it's, this, you know, makes it easy or something like that because, you know, it shouldn't have the same designation because it's saying like live action and comic book are the same universe, which right. is not. I mean, that was surprising to me to hear them say that because, like you said, the comic books, is, the MCU is supposed to be its own universe. So I was kind of surprised that um, they had designated that as 616. Like, I didn't hate it, but I was like, okay, that's weird. I'm, this this could have been an opportunity for them to just give it a shorter, like, just call it, like, 818 or something like that. I don't know, whatever they could have done, uh, a number that's not far from that universes, but just similarly close to that number, but it's a right. different, different one. So I, I was, that was a little surprising to me just because of that, just because of that, that the fact that the 616 is the comic book universe and obviously MCU, MCU has established itself as a separate universe from the comic, because while they take parts of what the comic books, like, what's re related to the comic books, but they obviously do a lot of liberties with the storylines and even the characters sometimes, like as far as what their powers might be, uh, like we've seen with Ms. Marvel, that's going to be coming up. Her power is a little bit different um, than what in the comics it's re relegated to. So yeah, that was interesting. Um, another, so the next Easter egg we want to talk about is the living uh, tribunal Easter egg. Uh, now the living tribunal is like uh in the comics at least it's a, he's like like a powerful humanoid cosmic entity that's always existed in the universe uh as long as the universe has has been around um so that's at least a comic part and they show a little bit like a teaser of him there do you remember seeing that I do. I remember seeing the eyes but I I didn't know what it was and then I went back and re read I didn't realize what it was. Like, I remember seeing his eyes and stuff, and I was like, hmm, who was that? And then when I went back and read just to see reviews and stuff like that, um, someone mentioned, oh, that's the Living Tribunal. I was like, oh, holy hell, that's awesome. Yeah, so this was one of the realities that they went through, like, when they were going through different realities. This was one of the scenes. It was, like, super quick. And apparently this was also in one of the trailers. It wasn't, I don't believe it was in the trailer we just saw. Um, but um, like, again, like I watched the first trailer when we did our analysis and I have not watched any trailers since then because I don't want spoilers. So it, if this was in one of the trailers, it was actually already before the movie came out. But um, as far as the Living Tribunal goes, this is just really cool. Uh, I believe there's like a rumor that they was going to try to have living tribunal in the first doctor strange movie when he was going through realities um so i guess maybe they just brought the idea back um in general um the living tribunal is a cosmic entity but um you have to they don't have god like big g god in the marvel universe they have the character called the one above all um but uh, that's basically more or less the same thing as big G God, like the one above all is the one above all. And the one right below the one above all is the living tribunal. 
and the living tribunal is basically a a judge of the i don't know i want to say multiverse or omniverse i'm not 100 sure um but the the character does judge like to make sure everything's fair and balanced within the the multiverse so something like with thanos using the the snap or whatever the living tribunal didn't get involved because anybody could have the infinity gauntlet and do that it wasn't something that was unfair to and that's what happened in the comic books like he didn't stop it in the comic books because um it's not okay so cliff like with multiverse and omniverse i'm not there's actually specific like a difference between omniverse and multiverse that's why i wasn't sure which one it is um multiverse is there's like universe or reality and then the collection of different realities is a multiverse and an omniverse is a collection of different multiverses so in the omniverse is like dc has a multiverse and marvel has a multiverse and image comics and in like real life and like animate you know all that stuff those are all different things that have their own multiverse and then the collection of all of that is the omniverse so the one above all is above all of that and then like i said the 11 tribunal is like right below that from for the most part so just like a quick flash there in the movie um i don't expect us to come back to this living tribunal anytime soon but we might see it later on in um in marvel movies which i think we'll probably end up talking about a little bit later on uh today but that was just really cool uh just to see that and it was just a fun easter egg to have yeah yeah it was cool and and it might not be just like a random easter egg like it could be very relevant going forward um i know there's a lot of rumors starting up about uh secret wars i'm not sure um how or when that would come out i, I imagine like it, it wouldn't have to be that far in the future if they want to do it like it, it doesn't need to be like a 10-year build-up like with thanos because they've already done so much especially introducing all these all universes and things like that um and all these different um with what do you call it uh characters and stuff so they could probably do it if they wanted to but like yeah that's that's an interesting to think of, think think about it. and it's good to keep rem- remembering that they did introduce this character if you will um cuz he could be fairly important going forward um mm-hmm. in, in whatever they want to do especially cuz they obviously have introduced other powerful beings as well as like celestials um and so forth so that could definitely be a big part of what phase 4 and going into phase 5 mm-hmm. is going to be really about um, so the next next thing we're going to talk about the Scarlet Witch and her her, her sudden turn. I guess like you and I were wondering before the movie if she was going to be like the main villain. Um, I was I had a little different thought on it. I figured she would be, but I figured it would be more so like the the Illuminati who we'll get into later, but trying to hurt like destroy Wanda, but Strange wants to protect her or something like that. Like I had a completely different storyline mapped out in my head because obviously I, I stayed away from everything Doctor Strange related after the first trailer that we watched and reviewed on the show on this show. But yeah, they, so you see a sudden a sudden t- 
turn um, of her becoming evil, essentially, uh, in this in this movie. Yeah, and, and uh, I wanted to mention this earlier, but it's fine now. Also, um, this is one of the few Marvel movies. I mean, we've gotten quite a, a bunch of them, but it's one of the few ones where it is an absolute requirement that you watch WandaVision before watching yeah. this movie. Like, there's no if, ands, or buts. Because if you go in this movie without having watched WandaVision, you will have questions as to why does she care about kids? Where did they come from? Why is she evil now? What is the dark right. hold? Um, I, you know, she, the last time I saw her, she almost defeated Thanos. She was good. So why is she the villain in this movie? It doesn't make right. sense. All of that stuff. So if you completely skipped out on WandaVision, you'd have a ton of questions. And this movie does no favors in giving you any kind of backstory uh, as to what happened in WandaVision, just in case you skipped it. Which is why, um, so one reason why the reviews, which I haven't read any reviews, but I can imagine one of the reasons why the reviews are a little poor is because, not just because of the required viewing of wandavision but the fact that this movie didn't do any favors into again you like you say it just jumps directly into narrative with uh defender strange in america trying to get the book of ashanti and getting chased by the thing you have no context as to what's happening and then even after that you have no idea why wanda is you know, picking, you know, whatever off the trees. And then all of a sudden everything turns red and black and stuff. And you just get no kind of filler as to, okay, is she bad? Is she got bad intentions? What are these kids you're talking about? How does she, um, you know, block Dr. Strange's magic? Because even in that scene, which is really cool, uh, I didn't think about it at the time, but, he didn't use his magic. He he walked into that. He he did say everything looks real, but he did not like clear everything up like he did with Gargantos. He didn't like say, okay, enough with the illusions. He couldn't because she had runes up, which right. was from WandaVision. When you have your runes up, it blocks magic. Only the person that put the runes up can use the magic. So only she could use her magic in that moment. And he couldn't do anything. So that was a total thing that's relevant from that move from that show that's in the movie that was not explained whatsoever yeah so i i don't agree that they needed to put more explanation because the mc was established that you need to watch the other stuff because it's all connected so that's why wandavision explains a lot of everything you need to know for this movie because they don't want to go elaborate more into every movie and explain back everything that that's happened. Like you that's don't need true, to, but it's like, not like you're explaining the entire MCU is something that I'm happened like, I, earlier this year. Yeah, but it's part of that's, that's a big part of it. So it's connected. So they don't need to rehash it again. So I disagree with that. Um, yeah, this, but but it's like, not fair to a common movie goer. Like if I'm bringing my grandma to go see one, uh, to see Dr. Strange with me, why would she need to absolutely have to watch WandaVision to understand what's going on? Why do you need to watch a first movie of a, se- of a sequel? It's not a movie. This is a TV show. It's connected. 
<laughs> they, they are the right connection. Like, that's what it I'm saying. It's, it's I'm a common movie goer. I got a, a double feature. I'm gonna go watch uh, Sonic Two and this new Doctor Strange movie. I've already seen Sonic One because it's a movie. But if I don't like, if I don't watch the They're show, establishing. Yeah, that's fine. Right. We can agree to disagree. Like I said, yeah. we can agree to disagree. Like I said, they've established the MCU as a whole as the Disney shows are part of the movies as well. Absolutely. They've established that already. So that's why you need to watch the shows to know what's going on in the movies as well. But but it kind of like explains why she's evil is because, like I said, in, in, the, in WandaVision, at the very end, um, they show her messing around with that dark hole. Um, and when they show... When they show... Uh, uh, Hagatha Harkness uh, messing around with the dark hole too. You see her fingertips turning black. Hagatha Harkness, Agatha Harkness, and then in here you also see Wanda's mm-hmm. fingers are black because of that. Um, and then also the, um, part of this, I like it, it, again. It kicks to me in the comics is the House of M. When the House of M, she is bad. Uh, and again, the House of M again is this where she kind of suffers like a mental breakdown. It's like an eight series comic book series where she suffers a mental breakdown and she tries to alter the fabric of reality to recreate her lost children. So it's kind of same thing what she's doing here. She's kind of she's trying to get her children or get into other universes to get her children, not necessarily recreate them, but in the movie she's not recreating her children. She's trying to become. Uh, go into one of the other Wanda's in a different universe and be so she can be with her kids. So, yeah, I think that kind of, you know, like I said, the dark hold, knowing the history of how, that she's been messing around with the dark hold, that's kind of what makes her evil. And then she, her continuous obsession of wanting to find her kids, um, she will do whatever it takes to get to her kids. And that's why she is essentially shown as the bad guy because she is going to do whatever it takes. Right, yeah. So her whole motivation was going after the kids. But again, this very, they did very much clearly point out multiple times in the movie that she was corrupted by the dark hole. So it's not like she was being selfish and just wanted her kids back and went by enemies necessary. She went by enemies necessary because her mind was altered and her heart and her desires were all completely altered. It seems almost like uh, honorable or whatever that she wants to get her kids uh, back. But at the same time, the way she went about it was motivated by the dark hole and was, she was, her heart was corrupted by the dark hole. So it's still going to be, again, if you hadn't watched WandaVision, you may not have known that or you know may not have seen the emphasis on that. You could have just walked away from this thinking that she wanted some kids back that she made up that weren't real uh, and that she's literally went on a killing spree, um, killing people at Comertage and killing, you know, the Illuminati, which we'll talk about very soon. Uh, and so on, and you can walk away like, man, she really is evil. Like she was a real villain. No, she was a villain in the movie, but she's really not an evil person. She was just corrupted by the dark hold, and that's what it does to people, and it's what it does to Wanda, and even to Strange, which we'll, again we'll also talk about a little bit. But 
um it she was corrupted and that's the whole reason why she was like just came off this way and went about things that she did and hurt people all for her you know all, all for the sake of her kids which sounds again but yeah exactly scarlet witch is evil wanda is not thank you cliff um like exactly like that's exactly what it was and even at the end of the movie she did some a heroic act but whether or not she gets back on the lunchbox um after this movie probably not and uh we'll we'll see what happens with her in the future but uh right now like it's hard to sell people on wanda not being evil with them not having watched wandavision and not hearing clearly that the dark hold corrupted her yeah and i guess another thing i'll also say i guess it it kind of works because in the comics they do the same thing like if there'll be random th- comic books that you'll read that will have a part of a different comic book storyline and and you will be like wait what happened and they'll have a small note hey this was mentioned in this comic you should have read it uh and that's it so like i said i think that's what they're going with here too like you have to watch every parts of to understand certain aspects of uh, a storyline or a movie so i think that's i mean i think that's fair to me and obviously we can all have our own thoughts and agree disagreements on it it's that's completely okay as well um but yeah so moving on the illuminati they finally show who the illuminati is we all had our different thoughts on who might be in it we were we were all expecting uh tom cruise to be in here as as the superior iron man uh that obviously did not happen we kept wondering who certain uh characters are uh like remember when we had that conversation on who the uh, one person that was in the air that was glowing and looked like she was she had some kind of radi person or person or thing that had radiation around her, and she was fighting Wanda, or it was finding Wanda, I should say. And we were wondering, oh, is that that's maybe Maria Rambo? That what if that's or maybe that's Superior Iron Man? Who maybe it's someone else that we're thinking of. But yeah, so like I said, they they finally show who the uh, who is in the Illuminati. And then it goes essentially from, if you're looking at the uh, video, from left to right, it's Baron Carl Mordo, played by, I know I always don't know how to pronounce his name, and I, I feel bad about that. Is, is it Chiwetel? Can't help Chiwetel? you today. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel bad all the time, you know, not knowing how to pronounce his name because it's I, and I, it's been hard for me to find the exact pronunciation online either yeah i've never heard uh, anyone actually say his name so i can't yeah yeah chivatel e eo4 uh, i don't know i apologize if i'm butchering that really badly um but the, yeah so he's obviously he's been in uh the first doctor change as uh baron mordo now this is a variant of his version from doctor strange obviously uh so Basically, that that he's in in this other universe, eight three eight. He's uh, still himself, Baron Mordo. And then you see Charles Xavier, played by Patrick Stewart. Now it's not confirmed that that this is the same. Uh, it's the same Patrick or the Charles Xavier from the X Men universes. It just they just show a variant of Charles Xavier and Illuminati, uh, who because he is in the comics as part of the Illuminati. 
Um, then you see Captain Carter, uh, played by Hallie Atwell, uh, or Haley Atwell. Um, she was obviously introduced in MCU before uh, as a alternate reality character because if Steve Rogers didn't become uh, mm-hmm. Captain America because something happened to him before mm-hmm. he took the serum. So then uh, Agent Carter decides to take the serum uh, to uh, to undergo the, you know, whatever they're trying to do. And then she becomes Captain Carter. Um, Captain Marvel here is, so obviously we know Captain Marvel as uh, Carol Danvers, um, who was played by Brie Larson in, in the first movie. Now, in this universe, they show uh, Lashana Lynch playing her, who is Maria Rambo. Uh, and, and she's basically shown as Captain Marvel in this universe. Um, and then Black Bolt is played by Anson Mount. Now, I don't know if, you, Carl, if you watched the Inhumans on ABC, I did not. Uh, when I saw him, it, you did? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I So I had no idea. And, I, and as soon as the movie ended, I Googled to see, is this the same guy that played it in Inhumans? Um, and it is. It's they got the same character actor to play uh, Black Bolt again in U- Universe Eight Three Eight. Now again, we don't know if that means it's they're saying Inhumans is canon to MCU. It just could be a very another variant, but that's him. And the Eight Three Eight is he is still uh, Black Bolt. And then finally, the big surprise is Reed Richards, as aka Mister Fantastic, played by John uh, Krasinski. Um, and I actually have interesting thoughts on that. Like, obviously, it could be different, but I, I'm wondering if this is kind of establishing him as Mr. Fantastic, even in Earth 616, because you generally tend to see all, all the characters, like, you know, they're themselves. Like, like any universe you go to, you're, you're still like, you know, Doctor Strange is still Doctor Strange in, in 838. Uh, you see Baron Mordo is still Baron Mordo in 838. Um, Black Bolt in this universe, however. Charles Xavier, obviously, he didn't have any other roles in MCU. Uh, so I'm wondering if that establishes them. Obviously, the Lashana Lynch thing kind of could throw you off saying, well, you know, Captain Marvel in, in uh, 616 is Brie Larson. But we don't really know the background story of how she ends up becoming uh, Captain Marvel instead of Brie Larson. Maybe there's a scenario same, similar to uh, what happens to Helly Atwell or Agent Carter instead of Steve Rogers. So I'm kind of wondering if that could mean that you know they're trying to they're going to go ahead and have John Krasinski as uh, Mr. Fantastic. Um, it's certainly possible, <laughs> but not necessarily guaranteed, in, in my opinion, for any of any of these uh, in particular. Black Bolt and uh, Mr. Fantastic, because um, again, this is the you know an- another reality. It's another alternate universe. Uh, Captain Carter is the analog for Captain America, so we can assume, though not necessarily confirm, that there is no Captain America in Universe Eight Three Eight, but they have Captain Carter because they went through again we're like also assuming she would have the same origin as she has in what if because what if is a whole nother reality from what was in this movie because that's animated and we already saw in this movie that animated universes exist and real life ones do so the animated captain carter is its own universe 
And then the slash live action is 838, Captain Carter. But it's still relatively safe to assume they have a similar backstory. With Captain Marvel, we can assume it's a similar backstory, but it's still an assumption to what happened with Carol Danvers. But it happened to Maria Ambo instead of Carol because it was a test flight. Uh, so you can make the assumption, but without concrete direct evidence and direct you know them saying this is what happened to me uh we won't know and same thing with black bolt black bolt is you know we're confirming in humans and confirming black bolt in that reality but not ours not 616 just yet and same thing with her yeah because he doesn't exist in 616 that we know of that we know of that we know of like he could because i mean there's been stories of them hiding uh on earth they're hiding on the blue side of the moon they could just not exist yet um, a whole bunch of stuff and same thing with with uh reed like especially with reed and in that regard because the fantastic four are a group of super powered individuals that do heroic things but they are really scientists and researchers right. they are not heroes and reed does do a lot of heroic things and solve a lot of problems but he would rather be in a laboratory or in space or doing other stuff and not getting involved in a fight unless it was like something more direct with him or someone asked him but him like staying out of a fight between uh let's say spider-man's outside fighting you know whatever you know mysterio whatever he's not going to just jump out there and start fighting to help spider-man he's doing an experiment like he doesn't care he's going to the negative zone or something like that so he could be in uh our 616 or regular universe maybe he doesn't have powers yet maybe he does i mean we until we find out you know in a few years when they make this movie uh they'll justify it at that point um but yeah that's that's general how i feel about whether you know their status right now but it's still really cool to see um Anna, how do you feel about because again all of the them died in this movie except for mordo um how did you feel about all of that yeah i was like man they killed them like so quick like <laughs> it was not much of a i mean you ha- you saw uh agent carter and maria rambo um captain marvel had put up a decent fight uh, against Wanda, um, it was kind of sad to see uh, Mister Fantastic die like this so quickly. Like she unraveled him and then snapped his head or popped his head. That was that was kind of brutal to see. And then um, Black Bolt's death, man, that's he essentially reversed uh, his his power on himself, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Which that's, I think it's all BS, but I have to. I'll let it go for the movie. Because yeah, I don't. I didn't. What's that? They had to kill him off somehow. I and guess, and it, and it was, was kind of shocking, like first kill too, because you weren't expecting them to do what they did. Uh, so it's it's it was just like the beginning, the first domino that fell, and it was like a really huge domino and a shocking one, and then everything else just kind of crashed, right? Yeah, I get. Well, I guess I'll say this is probably the only part I didn't really like. I didn't really like that they killed off some of these characters just like that. It's like, what the hell? Come on, mm-hmm. like, I, what was the point of that? that that's more like, I mean, and, but I guess they gotta had to show how off the reserve uh, Scarlet Witch is. I guess maybe that's why they did what they did. 
Uh, all those got the footage. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Cover your eyes. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty uh, gruesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at that. Look at the way he dies. It's. Uh, but which I'm glad he has this. Uh, someone pointed out that the way that he died, this is very reminiscent. Like Scarlet Witch using her uh, powers is very reminiscent to how Thanos used the Infinity Gauntlet. Like he had turned uh, what was it, Mantis into ribbons like that, uh, right? In uh, Infinity War. So it was like, yeah, this is kind of the same thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. With I really wish like I. I understand why they had to die because the problem at that point would have been people wanting to know what happens to them after if all of them lived and they just like ran away, people would be curious as to, okay, so what happened to captain Carter after this, what happens to Reed Richards after, especially Reed Richards and black boat, are they going to come to the MCU now or uh, what's going on with professor Xavier? People will have way too many questions and to leave it open-ended like that. So killing them off is like, okay, here's your treat. And we're going to take it away because you're going to ask too many questions and you guys are going to want more. And we're not doing that. We're just giving you something for fun. So I totally get that. At the same time, I still still wish that at least like one or two of them lived. Uh, in particular, it hurt my heart seeing Professor Xavier like that because. I'm yeah. Like, um, and then it's just like it's Patrick Stewart. He's like he's you know getting a little long in the teeth there like i i don't want to see him like that either um so it it hurt personally i would have liked for at least one or two of them to get out unscathed or just like leave and and escape and then the other ones die like killing off mr fantastic black bolt totally fine and then killing off uh maybe captain marvel and then captain carter and xavier leave or something like that like i would have been totally okay with that but all of them dying is just like, oh, that really hurt. Uh, and then they died such brutal, gruesome deaths, which very Sam Raimi. Like, I get that's an, like right. a whole other uh, Sam Raimi thing. Um, so that was a, a treat to see. Uh, but one of the things that uh, which I, we were talking about pre-show and you were mentioning just now is that uh, a lot of fans had uh, this expectation to see an Iron Man character between the Ultron bots being there as well as, uh, you know, Iron Man being a big part. He's actually the reason why the Illuminati formed in the comics in the first place. It was Iron Man. And um, people were expecting it to be Tom Cruise to be Iron Man. And the reasoning behind that would be uh, before Robert Downey Jr. was cast as Iron Man, there was plans on making Tom Cruise be Iron Man for the first Iron Man movie, uh, which thing either he turned it down or things uh, just didn't fall in the right place or whatever. And ended up settling with Robert Downey Jr., which is still a fantastic idea because he's one of the best actors and is Tony Stark. Right. Uh, but having like Patrick Stewart and having uh, John Krasinski, which was a huge uh, fan casting and has been a, a fan casting for many years mm-hmm. uh, for Reed Richards. And they were able to pay that off um, and have that here. But I have uh, from Rolling Stone, they interviewed the writer for Doctor Strange 2 uh, about several things. And one of the things that they talked about uh, was this Tom Cruise rumor uh, that was going about. So I'm going to real quick read this section of this Rolling Stone interview. Um, So they ask, 
fans were totally right about Patrick Stewart appearing as an alternate Professor X, but were totally wrong about Tom Cruise, who had once been slated to star as Iron Man years before Robert Downey Jr. showing up as an alternate Iron Man. Did fans totally make up the Tom Cruise thing? And he said, yeah, that was totally made up. I mean, there's no cut footage of Tom Cruise, but I love Tom Cruise. And I said to Kevin Feige at one point, I was like, could we get Tom Cruise's Iron Man? I remember reading about that in Ain't It Cool News back in the day that Tom Cruise was going to be Iron Man. So it was totally made up by fans, but you try to make it up uh, is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. As it was being talked online, I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. So what did Kevin Feige say when you asked him? Well, I mean, he was shooting Mission Impossible 7 and 8. So to be totally clear, did anyone reach out to Tom Cruise? I don't believe so. I just think it was never an option because of availability. So he, the writer, absolutely wanted Tom Cruise to be Iron Man in this movie. But one, he doesn't think anyone actually asked Tom. He is busy with not only Mission Impossible 7 and 8, but Top Gun is coming out later this month, I believe, as well. Um He's a busy man, and whether or not it actually happened, who knows? And I know you've been saying Tom Cruise might be confirmed in the MCU at some point for some role, but clearly, right now, it's not Iron Man. Right, and I don't, and and it was like I said, there was like there was something in an article, and they're saying that it was confirmed that he might be, and he, he's supposed to be eventually in a prominent role or ongoing role at least, but. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, maybe he'll be. Maybe there'll be something that he'll end up doing that uh, will make sense and will fit him in uh, into the MCU. Um, now, I do have next... an idea on on that, which I want to circle back to just in case I forget. Remind me, but I want to bring it up later for for Iron Man and Iron Man. Oh, Okay. Um, so and then they also show like the Illuminati. Speaking of the Illuminati, they also show him them defeating Thanos in Universe Eight Three Eight, what which was quite different than how it happened in Six One Six. So, uh, although if you want to pop up that picture really quick, they show with Thanos lying up. He's there's like a big thing that has stabbed him through his uh, heart, if you will. Um, I'm I mean, they didn't go, they didn't go for the on, but he doesn't have all right. the gems, right? And they didn't go for the head, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they 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 have him dying there, and then obviously, there's the story they're talking about how Doctor Strange, um, is basically the problem for the multiverse and whatever. And they show him, they show Black Bolt killing eight. Three eights Doctor Strange in this scene that we have up here, uh, but yeah, that was uh, it was interesting to see. Just like I said, because it's much different than um, it's cool kind of to see because it's much different, like I said, than what happened in Six One Six. Yeah, in particular, that not only did the, the Illuminati defeat uh, Thanos, but they did it on Titan. This is not on Earth. This is on Thanos's home right. world. They did it before right. he got before no one was snapped. The snap didn't happen 
in this in this universe they defeated him before the snap before he got to earth he doesn't have all of the stones and uh the key point of that is a not only did they defeat him but they defeated him because dr strange used the dark hold uh to get the power to defeat thanos but it corrupted him and that's why they had to kill dr strange afterward so i do feel like it's interesting that dr strange didn't try to take out the illuminati afterward uh, but maybe he was humble enough to know that hey this power is corrupting me and i don't want i don't want it to get any further than this and he said you know do what you must sort of thing um but still like even after you know seeing that scene and then you see wanda fighting them you do see like when like the reason why also uh the illuminati died to wanda is that like in that scene when Doctor Strange go up to them and say, "Hey, you know she's got the dark hold. She's looking for this, you know, America who's downstairs. Like we need to stop her." And the Illuminati are like, "Yeah, dude, we beat Thanos. Like we got this. This who's Scarlet Witch? We can care less, man. We beat Thanos. We can handle some Scarlet Witch." And it was their arrogance was their downfall because clearly they didn't know nearly enough about scarlet witch or even that she was powered up more than many many other scarlet witches maybe they had one in their reality and that never had the dark hold but they didn't they were not prepared they thought like hey guys we got black bolt like when they approached him like who was the front line first one to die black bolt mr fantastic is like yeah we got black bolt so whatever you're going to try all he has to do is whisper and you're vaporized and that's when everything popped off and she killed black bolt and killed uh mr fantastic just like that so it was their arrogance that was really their downfall um and it was still despite that you could see how powerful they were in defeating thanos uh black bolts killing you know the miss uh dr strange within you know one word uh, the fight with Captain Marvel and Captain Carter against Scarlet Witch, that, which was still really good, despite you know the uh, the the power of 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 Scarlet Witch, and uh, even I don't, I don't think uh, Professor X really had a chance there, but at the same time he's you know he did his own thing. Uh, it would have been nice for that scene to have been a little bit longer though, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so the in inclusion, uh, they talk. So the next thing we'll talk about the inclusions uh, they talked about, and they show like what happens when two universes are kind of collide or whatever. And in the comics, what they do, the event known as inclusion is the result of a contraction or reduction in a multiverse's timeline. Um, I think they do a little bit different in here, but it kind of. Uh, they kind of essentially show what an inclusion they talk about the inclusion in, in the movie yeah the incursions are mentioned several times in this, in this movie and it's something that we may have to circle back on so i thought we should talk about it quickly because I, it's going to be a concept that's going to go over people's head for a while until the movies do a little bit more explaining but um incursions are essentially there is an event which uh, who knows will happen in the mcu that causes them but they've already happened uh the the one world where the the doctor strange the really evil one the dark one uh, there was already an incursion happening there uh but incursions are essentially 
just say that earth on every reality is a very central focused, like a very important place on every reality is like the key spot. Um, an event took place in the comic books, which I won't spoil it, but it was just say that something caused these realities to, um, you know, each reality next to each other to converge or meet, I should say, to a point where you can actually visibly see the earth of another reality. And within eight hours, a decision has to be made. You have to either one, destroy the other earth that earth destroy your earth to keep them from uh destroying each other like if the two earths are going to collide so therefore uh if one is not there anymore they won't co collide if either earth never does anything then uh although okay, actually take this picture down real quick because it'll be easier to use my hands so let's just say this if this is your earth and then there's somebody else and you got eight hours to do something about it because they're going to eventually collide and explode and everyone dies. If you destroy this earth, then you live. If they destroy you, then they live. But if you die, decide to do nothing, then you both die. And that's basically, and it's not just the earth, but all of the reality because it's going to be a huge explosion that destroys both realities. So that's kind of what they're alluding to in these movies as a possible future. And the incursions are what lead to secret wars, which is a, a big story, um, uh, a big story line that is what we might be having in the, in the future MCU movies uh, as we were talking about um, earlier today. So that could be like the big, like, Infinity War, in-game Thanos stuff. The next thing could be Secret Wars. The Secret Wars is a bunch of different realities that are all converged into one place because so many incursions happen. There's only a handful of realities left, and they were all put in one place. So you had, let's just use MCU or in the movies, for example. You had like the MCU as one island per se on a world and then you said like the x-men universe with deadpool and all of those are on one island and then spider-man is all on one island and then like the animated verse over here and then like maybe uh the fantastic four from you know the early like jessica alba days are over here and so on blade babies over here and put them all together on one one earth and then they all fight each other so um one of the ideas that i had like this is what i was talking about earlier uh is to do if, if they're going to do secret wars which is a possibility they can do it where all of these different um different uh characters are all together kind of like the first secret wars where it's just like good versus evil they can do it like that um, the original Secret Wars event happened in like 1984 or something like that. Uh, and it was basically good versus evil at that point. Um, right. All the good people over here, all the bad people over there fighting whoever wins is the winner of Secret Wars. The second, more recent Secret Wars is what I had just previously described. Right. Um, one cool thing I would think would be great, which I don't think they're pointing to, but maybe they could be, is after the Illuminati have been killed here by scarlet witch 
you know, he already Reed already alluded to having a wife and kids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What if all of these uh, different realities are converging and stuff, and we end up coming back to this eight three eight universe in this Secret Wars, particularly, and we see everyone else that's not in this movie be in that Secret Wars, in particular, Sue, Johnny been the rest of the x-men that didn't die in this you know because at the end of the day they died but someone knows that like especially mordo he's still alive so he can go back and tell the x-men hey this is how professor xavier died some doctor strange and uh, uh, wanda from this reality killed them so now they have a target on their backs and now our reality with whoever is in our reality at that point We'll have to defend our reality from the other reality of, you know, the A three eight and their X Men and the Inhumans and the rest of the 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 rest of that thing. That's what I'm thinking about. And then at that point, you can cast Tom Cruise to be Iron Man because Iron Man definitely exists or has existed. Maybe he's still alive, but you can still say he, you know, since he's not in this movie, you can say okay, Iron Man exists in that reality is Tom Cruise and he can be on that other side. Right. Um, that would be interesting for sure. I think, I know Cliff has a couple of questions like the Illuminati, why they call them that. Yeah, they're just like a secret society of superheroes. Um, like people don't know that that group exists. Um, that's why they're called the Illuminati. Uh, yeah, there's not any other sinister reason behind it. Um, yeah, they're just like a suit, like I said, created, and they work behind the scenes uh, without anyone, like even like the government knowing, like Shield knowing, or anything like that knowing um, about what they're doing, basically. Um, yeah. So next, uh, America Chavez, um, so played by Soshi Gomez. She was a really good character in here. She did a really great job as far as her acting. Um, they showed. Like, one thing I'm interested in is, like, you know, they were, the whole movie, like, she didn't really know how to uh, use her powers, essentially. She was, like, she, the only way she used them was when she got scared and was by accident. And then, you know, later you find out, well, technically it wasn't really by accident because everything that happened, it happened because you wanted it to happen. You just didn't realize it. You didn't know how you were controlling the, the power. So... It's it'll be like I said, it'll be interesting to see how in depth they go with her powers for me, because um, in the comics, obviously her so the kind of a breakdown on her abilities. She has superhuman strength, uh, speed, longevity, durability. She can fly. Uh, she's in she's invulnerable. She has like the invulnerability aspect. Uh, she can do obviously we saw the star portal she does, where she can go through uh, different universes. Uh, she can. She also can star blast, like hit people, with kind of a, it's a blast or whatever you want to call it. She can time travel, um, and then she can also interdimensional travel, which is like time travel and move out of like physical body, like in, like take her physical form and go into it to the past or whatever, and like in a spiritual sense, um, into like, um, into like, uh, into a, a spiritual. Form, like I said, so it's going to be interesting if they go in that in depth with her powers. Obviously, she in the end they show her doing at at Kamataj. She's learning how to become a 
um, a wizard, if you will, uh, a sorcerer, uh, if you will. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting, like I said. But, yeah, I really liked uh, her character, uh, her uh, social social media, the way she played, uh, the way she – everything involved. Like, I thought she did a really great job. So I'm a huge America Chavez fan in the comics. Um, I didn't care for her too much in this movie. She's not at all the same. Um, the one well, she's 14 in this movie. So that's like, she's actually supposed to be 14 and no fault to Sochi Gomez whatsoever. Uh, Cause they didn't really give her much to work with in my opinion, but for, for the most part, I think she was just a, a living, breathing, walking, talking MacGuffin for the whole movie. Cause the whole thing was uh, Scarlet, Witch was after her to absorb her powers. And most of the movie, all she did was run and talk. Um, and I didn't really care for that. And she wasn't even talking in her like normal comic book personality. Cause she's like very sassy. Um, she's very um, like, yeah, she's, she has an attitude. Like she has like to get to like close other question why she called America. She's Latina. So uh, there's, it's like a common name within, you know, um, Latinas uh, you know, to be called America. And I'm going to say common, but it's, it's, some Latinas are called, you know, America. So she's, it's just uh, that. And then, you know, they just kind of go with it with her image with like the, the flag on her, her uh, jacket and, and stuff that just kind of lean into that a little bit more. But it's not like super in depth past that. They do call her Miss America sometimes. But in general, um, I, I, I didn't care for her too much in the movie. I just, she was just okay, and she didn't really come into her own towards the end. And I get it's like, and I'm I'm totally fine with it in general because it is an introduction to her. This movie isn't about her, and it's not about a team with her in it or anything like that. But she's still like she could have been a statue or a a, a necklace or some sort of uh, power up item, and it wouldn't have made a difference. Uh, because all she did and up until the end was uh, when she actually punched um, Scarlet Witch and then sent her to back to the 838 reality to see her kids. That's the only thing. And that could have been, like I said, she could have been just a, a, a inorganic object and it wouldn't have made all that difference to me. Um, so, again, it's, she's just not the character that I personally know and like. And hopefully that she does get some development in the future with things are leaning still towards a, a young Avengers sort right. of thing. She does eventually she does in the comics come from the young Avengers. Um, so, you know, there's just more of that going on within the MCU. Uh, but again, she is 14. I don't know what they are trying to do with the young Avengers. Uh, Billy and Tommy real quick though. Um, so they are much younger than 14. Uh, in the MCU currently, and they are a part of the the Young Avengers, but obviously, I don't think anyone expected these the two boys, these two actors, to be the ones that are eventually going to be Billy and Tommy, like just or in the Wiccan and Speed, I should say, in the Young Avengers, unless they are like specifically waiting for them to grow up, and then like say five or six years from now, and when they are teenagers, and then they you know figure out you know ages and stuff it could be that case 
but for right now like if they do a young avengers movie next year i don't think they would use the same actors for billy and tommy which i don't think they are but um as far as um, uh, Sochi, she's already, uh, I don't know, what was it, 18 or 19 or something she's like 16. that? She's 16. She's okay. 16. Um, but either way, like, she, she, like by the time they get to a Young Avengers, she will be, you know, 18 at that point, and maybe 19 or 20, because, right. you know, we don't, they haven't announced anything, so I wouldn't expect it to come out um, anytime next year or anything like that. Yeah, and that's the reason why I'm thinking, like, I'm more and more thinking, like, Kate Bishop won't be part of the Young Avengers, because, like, I don't know, because, like, uh, Haley Sittenfeld, by the time they do Young Avengers, I feel like she'll be, like, she's already 22, so by the time they do Young Avengers, she'll be, like, 25, maybe 26. I mean, I don't know. Tom... Like, I, uh, Toby Maguire is playing a high schooler in Spider-Man, so I don't, it, sure. But I'm just saying, I don't know if she'll be like she'll like look uh, compared to the other younger kids that are in the younger. I don't know. It'll be interesting. We'll see what happens. But um, that's something to consider. I wonder if she'll just flat out be the replacement for Hawkeye in, in the main Avengers. Um, that could be something that they maybe do too, because technically she is supposed to be a replacement for Hawkeye. Um, as the new Hawkeye, I should say. Uh, so that, that'll be something to keep track of as well. Um, and then the final uh, post credit scene, uh, they just show Charlie Theron. They don't really give any, like, introduction to her. And she just comes in and says, you know, there is that uh, you've caused an incursion, uh, Doctor Strange. Um, like, you have to come and help me unless you're scared or whatever. And then they show them, she creates that portal, and then they go in to do whatever they're going to do to fight whatever they're going to fight or stop the incursion happening in this other uh, universe that um, that supposedly that's going to be happening. But so in in the comics, to kind of give an understanding of who she probably is, is Clea Strange. Um, that's her name currently. And that's obviously again that's played by Charlie Theron. Um, she she is a Clea is a, a love interest of Doctor Strange and early on, and she's kind of portrayed almost time, at times as a damsel in distress. Now I'll be very shocked if Charlie Theron signed up to play this character and be shown as a damsel in distress, um, because when you look at her. Um, Every role that she's done, she plays pretty strong characters. Like she's not going to sign up to be a damsel in distress. So I'm imagining, and I think they should obviously do a lot uh, different as far as the original aspect of what she was and change up her character in that regards. But and 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 and, and to further give a little background on Clea, so her mother is the sister of Dormammu. Uh, Dormammu, you guys will remember from the first uh, Doctor Strange. He's like the main. Uh, evil, uh, the dark dimension, uh, uh, sorcerer, if you will, uh, that is trying to take over the earth uh, or come and take over the earth and what whatnot. Um, so basically, she's her niece or his niece. His she is his niece. Um, so they they kind of show that, and you know, she doesn't know that growing up. Uh, they meet. She meets Doctor Strange when Doctor Strange just goes to the dark dimension, 
to fight Dormammu because Dormammu again is always trying to come over to the earth and take her. Um, and she basically gets intrigued by him, and then eventually she gets kind of impressed with him, his powers and stuff. And then they kind of have um, a connection from then on. And most recently, I think she's taken up as the Sorcerer Supreme because they have, in the comics at least, Doctor Strange dies and she becomes a new Sorcerer Supreme and she takes on his last name, and so it's Clea Strange, and an honor to him. Um, and kind of to give her your idea of her abilities as well. So she has like superhuman strength and resistance to injury, uh, mastery of magic, energy bolts she can do, uh, teleportation, uh, uh, telekinesis, mind control, uh, illusion to illusion generation. Like she can like generate like fake things that make you think you're seeing something. Uh, flames of Regency is greatly allowing her to power her powers to reach her highest peak like there's things that can this flames of regency i didn't really look into depth i don't know what that is to be honest um but yeah that kind of gives you an idea of her powers and that thing that she didn't to get into to 616 is probably a teleportation portal she opened up that's one of her powers to be able to do that um but yeah i mean obviously they don't give a lot away in that scene but we just kind of show maybe a cliffhanger to Doctor Strange 3 or maybe something else that's going to be happening. Who knows? Maybe Charlie Theron's character comes back before that even um, in one of, in, in, in a uh, D Disney Plus show or something like that. Um, what were your thoughts? Just like, obviously, like a, not a lot to go by as far as that scene itself. Just that, you know, they're going to another universe to probably battle or stop that uh, thing from happening and and we don't really know what may may really be what they do and what her character may end up being. Um, first, I do want to like go back, uh, backpedal just a bit because we did kind of gloss over, just like Kalia did, uh, when uh, they interact in that scene. The fact that oh, Doctor Strange yeah. has a third eye, right? Because uh, we we didn't talk about that. So that that was the end of the movie. So walking out of the. Uh, sanctum, and then all of a sudden the eye pops out in a lot of pain, uh, and so on. And um, then the credit roll, and then Clea comes out. So when she comes out of the portal, he already has a third eye, just like here in this picture. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. She doesn't look at him weird. She doesn't say what's that. She doesn't. It, it doesn't throw her off whatsoever. She's just like, hey, there's been an incursion. Let's go. And he's like, okay, I'm game. And then they they throw they go through. So uh, just to quickly clarify, like, yes, that he has the third eye because of the dark hold, um, but that does not mean that he's evil now or that he has been corrupted uh necessarily but a lot of times this third eye uh really implies uh, a power-up this just shows that um like just a, a way of visually showing that this person is more powerful now uh so that's just kind of implies i do i don't like the way it looks because i've seen people yeah. say and i agree that it just looks like it's photoshopped on there like like right. an amateur <laughs> took an eye and put a photoshop on there so it's not not the best looking so i hope they clean that up um for the future but i do hope that there is some meaning to it and some corruption that did happen within dr strange because they can't just 
have him use the dark hold without any repercussions as also mentioned uh when he was dream walking into a dead body uh that he can't do that without any kind of uh repercussions so there's definitely something that happens too strange but they're leaving that door open because they probably don't know what they want to do to him yet because one, you know, Dr. Strange three hasn't been written. We don't know when it's going to come out uh, Two, leaving the door open to for this scene in particular, because again, at the end of Dr. Strange, he, he gets the eye, but how much time went by between that scene and him first getting the eye and this scene where he's meeting Clea, we don't know if it's the next day, the next week, the next year, or anything like that. How long has he had this eye? He seems kind of comfortable with it. He's not in pain anymore. So how how long, has, how much time has taken place in between the two scenes? Because we might have, say, there was no movies in between those two scenes. Or there was like five movies in between those two scenes. And that could be really important. But they leave that door open for sure. Because they don't know what they want to do just yet uh, with this information. Uh, but this totally is Clea. Uh, she is from the dark dimension, as you, uh, I believe you said, but she is yep. a niece of Dormammu. Uh, she is the, I believe she's like the sorceress or like the ruler of the dark dimension. Yeah, she point. becomes, she becomes that when like Dormammu, like, I think, I don't know if he dies or something happens to him and he, she goes back to become the ruler of, of the dark dimension. Right. So like her power comes from there, just like Dormammu's does. And they do have a romance in the comics. Uh, it, it is, uh, as you say, she was a damsel in distress in her early days in the comics. I believe it's like the first 12 appearances of Clea. She wasn't even named like she was just right. a woman, like the sorceress woman. So eventually she does become a very important character to dr strange so i don't expect them like she's not going to show up looking badass with her makeup and her hair all fierce and stuff and then say hey let's go and then come and save me so i don't think that's going to happen at all they were going to just gloss over that part of uh clea's history and go straight into the she's a very powerful and influential character and, and important to strange sort of thing i do kind of like um like, yes, I do think they're going to eventually move on to her being the love interest for Strange. But I do kind of like what how she or how Strange ended this movie with Christine in the alternate universe, where it felt like if he had the ability to go back to uh, 838, that he could have something go on on with that Christine, because they kind of like reached a, a point where they, they understand each other and they definitely do care about each other even though her Dr. Strange is dead and his Clea or his Christine is now married. Uh, I think that they could, it kind of leaves the door open to that in a, in, a, in a way, but she is in another reality. So it'd be something they'd have to explain how they can get back to that. But in general, like when Christine was introduced in the first movie, I was still like, who the heck is she? I have no idea. And I don't care. Bring Clea because Clea is his girl. So now we're here. So I don't think we'll see Christine again, but it'd be cool to see her again because she's much better in this movie. But I still would rather have Clea, especially with, you know, Charlize playing her. So, no, yeah, 100%. Like, 
I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure she'll be around. Like she could still just be a supporting character as a friend or whatever, but maybe not a big role. Like kind of like Pepper Potts in a sense. That's like, possible. I, carry, honestly, carry I don't think we'll. I personally don't think we'll see six one six, Christine anymore, because she's just because it's just like um, Jane Foster, like the original Jane Foster from the first Thor movies. Is not a great character, and that's why Natalie Portman, Portman did not want to come back. No, exactly, so, exactly. But now she's the mighty Thor, and that's way better. And it would be much uh, more enticing to bring that Jane back, and and much better for Rachel McAdams to come back to be the other Christine. That is way better of a character. No, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting what they do. Like I said, like you said, we don't know how long. How much time has passed since uh, he got that eye? We don't know where exactly. <clears throat> like we kind of we know where he's taking she's taking him, but we don't know if that's going to be explained in this third movie or if it's going to be explained in a different like series um, or whatever have you that's going to happen. We we don't know yet, um, and we don't know if maybe she's kind of. We don't know if she's taking it necessarily. Uh, maybe she's tricking him. Maybe she's because like, oh, you caused this. Now you're in trouble. So we're gonna. I'm tricking you to come with me, and then we're gonna try to, you know, hurt you or something or kill you because you did this to us. Or I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out what happens uh, with that. But uh, I think we're we're close to being wrapped up here. I think there's just one last thing that that you wanted to mention in connecting to a Sam Raimi Raimi movie. Uh, there was a lot throughout this movie in general had um, Sam Raimi touched to it and the Easter egg in particular to one of his popular movies that he's done in the past. Yeah, so the the last, the very, very last post-credit scene uh, with the Bruce Campbell character, they, they were on their reality with the pizza balls and stuff, and mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, you know, because they weren't going to pay um dr strange put the spell on that character and he kept hitting himself and he said it was gonna last like a couple weeks and but eventually will wear off so the post credit scene was going back to that character uh hitting himself and then it stopped and then he's like looking at the camera oh, it's finally over so mm-hmm. it was a joke about one you know, yeah. the spell ending it's finally over two the movie is finally over being meta so I let you know that there aren't any other post-credit scenes after that. There's, there's no more movie. The movie's over. Go home. Uh, but also was the Easter egg to East to Evil Dead uh, with Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams. And that's when he had the possessed hand. His hand was possessed in that movie. And he was fighting him in the movie just like uh, in uh, Doctor Strange. So that's where... Uh, Ash Williams, he's had fighting with possessed hands. He had to cut it off with the chainsaw. And then that's where he got his very well-known chainsaw arm from is because he had to cut off his hand in this scene. So it was a whole lot of stuff uh, in that post credit scene, which I don't understand why people didn't like it. A lot of people, even like in the theater, they were like, aw. Like they were really pissed because they really wanted some extra Marvel nuggets of of future stuff instead of having fun 
and this was super i thought it was cool i thought it was super fun uh i thought it was a great easter egg and i thought um you know not everything needs to be leading towards the next marvel movie or the avengers or you know some sort of secret you know plans or new character reveals or anything like that it's just you know these are comic book movies they're supposed to be fun and this one was a really fun one and i really i really enjoyed the scenes or enjoyed that scene and in, in, in general as a great easter egg yeah and marvel's been doing that a lot though they they they, they have one scene that's important to a future movie that like they do a teaser and then another scene they tend to do as a joke and not really have anything to do with a movie going forward or whatever like remember in um and homecoming where in the end this cat was like like he carried kind of jokes you know when you get to the end and you're disappointed you know it's, it's nothing it's just like a good joke uh that's mm-hmm. all it is even they've, they've like, done it it's avengers. been going on for so long like i say yeah, avengers is gonna say but they're eating with shawarma shawarma yeah they're just saying they're eating shawarma they're not doing it, it has nothing to do with a future movie uh, they've been doing that, and like I said, it it is relevant. It, it's a nice little touch of Easter egg from a Sam Sam Raimi previous movie and a character that's been in a lot of his movies, or an actor I should say has been in a lot of his movies. So it's cool. I I liked it. I thought it was fun. It's funny. It's it's nice to see. It's nice to see what you know what they'll do. Uh, what you know surprise thing they may have. It may be completely random or whatever have you. But it it was pretty cool to see. Um, but yeah, I think. We're pretty much done here of uh, talking about that. Any final thoughts before we uh, get going? Um, well, uh, other than, I mean, we, we don't know when the Doctor Strange, I do hear that, um, that uh, now I can't, Benedict Cumberbatch, I've heard that he wants to take a break from making movies, which is, you know, he just made Spider-Man and this one. Um, so I don't expect to see a Doctor Strange movie anytime soon. It's not on the schedule anyway. Uh, so it's not like we were going to see one next year, you know, whatever it is. But, um, yeah, it, it might be a little while before we see him pop up is like maybe, uh, in anything like a cameo. Uh, either way, uh, the next thing is technically Miss Marvel next month. And then, um, what's the name of thor in july or august i can't remember uh off the top of my head but yeah i'm excited for all of those and i i think this movie still will probably be better than thor but i'm still excited for thor this one was like the movie for me for 2022 um that i was most anticipating so i think it delivered um in every area um, I, I didn't get to talk about my gripes, but I'll, I'll leave that for another time because we're getting a little long here. Um, but I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I do absolutely love the movie. Yeah, uh, like I said, I liked it as well. Um, not not perfect. It was good. I thought it was a good movie. Um, like I didn't. I just was confused by the over negativity that some people had about it. It's like okay, um, it just kind of um, kind of interesting in my opinion but yeah that's that's a wrap for today's show uh obviously please uh tune into uh previous episodes we've done we've talked about so many different things um i know a lot of times we do a lot of marvel and comic book stuff but we've talked about other different type of movies and um other type of sci-fi stuff just comic book related 
So please check the every episode out that you may have missed. Um, also, check out anything that you've missed on Barroom in general. A lot of beer stuff going on. I think Bear signs a couple of. Uh, I think they signed a couple of receivers today. Um, I think one person might be a decent signing because of uh, he's just not had a lot of opportunity. He's made some potential, I think, but he's also has injury issues. He's uh, repetitive, I think. Um, it'll be interesting uh, for what they do with what the Bears do the rest of the offseason. Hopefully they get a little bit more, a uh, couple of one or two veteran guards on the offensive line for Justin Fields because I I kind of fear for his health if, if they go on with the same offensive line that they had last season. Obviously, uh, scheme can make a difference, but, you know, you still need talent. Um, so, but yeah, check out all the different shows on Barroom. Uh, like I said, not only the Bears, but the White Sox and Cubs, the Blackhawks. I'll cover the Bulls as well. But, uh, yeah, that's the wrap for today's show on Science Fiction. Until uh, next time, gentlemen. All right. Have a great evening.